thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, a preprint study published by MedRxIV for the first time measured the prevalence of COVID-19 antibodies in a representative sample of the Californian population, stating that to date, many epidemic projections and policies addressing COVID-19 have been designed without seroprevalence data to inform epidemic parameters. A zero survey gives you a snapshot of time of who is infected in your given population, says Cantor Subareo, a virologist at the Peter Doherty Institute for Infection and Immunity in Melbourne, going on to say that these kind of studies are very important for a virus that can cause mild or no symptoms. The California study used Facebook ads to recruit a sample of 3,330 people, adjusting for zip code, sex, and race or ethnicity. They estimated that between 48,000 and 81,000 people were infected with COVID-19 in Santa Clara County by early April, 50 to 85-fold more than the official number of confirmed cases. This study mirrors another study done in Germany, where authors estimated that the town's infection rate was already at 15%, much higher than the officially confirmed cases, and the authors suggest that it be used to recalibrate epidemic and mortality predictions. These two studies make up the first of more than a dozen seroprevalence surveys being carried out around the world, including teams in China, Australia, Iceland, Italy, Germany, several others in the United States, and a WHO study called Solidarity 2, in an attempt to estimate the true infection rates and therefore true mortality rates of COVID-19. This is really an inexpensive way to get an incredible amount of information, says Jayanta Bhattacharya, head economist at Stanford University and co-author of the study. Another co-author, Niraj Sood, has suggested that if these studies are correct and the death rate turns out to be much lower than previously estimated, it may reframe the discussions around isolation measures, stating that we're trying to prevent the spread of disease, but at the same time we have rising unemployment in the US because of the preventative measures. So there's a trade-off here. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that thus far, these are only very small studies. More is yet to come, so we need to stay tuned to what comes next. It's also worth noting that this study has not yet been peer-reviewed. So This is not something we should be drawing definitive conclusions for, but treated just as preliminary information while we wait for the peer review and the further studies to come through. There have also been some concerns raised about the antibody kits used. Some evidence does suggest that they were at least reliable enough to give us significant information in terms of this study, but there are still doubts about them. So more research needs to be done into the antibody kits as well. But having said all that, it's the best we've got so far. And so Rather than going off of no evidence, um, I think it's good that we have some evidence here that we can use to better inform our policies. And once again, in the coming weeks, maybe the coming months, there should be more and more of this evidence coming becoming available to us so that we can continue to make even better solutions. So whilst it may not be enough to act upon right now in terms of releasing isolation measures, it's certainly enough to be encouraged by. And these studies need to be continued and they need to be looked at really closely to determine whether in fact the approach we've taken has been the right one. If indeed these numbers are backed up by other studies, it may drastically change the way we respond to COVID-19 and may well lead to an acceleration of the release of these isolation measures. So It's really important when it comes to pandemics like this one that we look at the facts, not the media hype. Keep an eye on these studies. They're going to be really important going forwards. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.